Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Hey, greetings. I bring you greetings in the matchless name of Jesus. Thank you for joining me this morning. We're live here from Perth Amboy, New Jersey, Kingdom Living Ministries where we are preparing people for eternity. So with those things in mind, I'm going to open up in prayer. We're going to dive right into this word. I hope you've been dwelling in the Lord's peace this morning or this past week. Um, also, I do have a quick announcement and, um, announcement, and I'll make this announcement as well at the end of the sermon. Is um, Next week, we're going to take communion as a family online. So make sure you secure... Um, cracker, juice, something, a, a piece of bread, or some water, or some juice, and we're going to represent, that can represent the Lord's body and his blood. It doesn't have to necessarily be a cracker or a juice. It can, you know, just something that won't distract you from what it's representing. So we will do the Lord's Supper, communion, next Sunday. With that said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. It's so good that you're able to see me and I'm not able to see you. Um, thank you for joining me. You could have been different places. Um, there are so many different churches to choose from online. It actually is impossible to choose all the different churches that are online. Thank God for the body of Christ. Thank God that there are people, men and women across the world that are preaching the gospel where we are one part of the body of Christ. And I thank you for choosing us this morning to join us. If you're a member, I expect you to look at this every week. Look at, you know, observe us as we are live. I'm excited. I got this word, and I want to just go ahead and, and, and deposit it into your spirit. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly may know the mysteries of the gospel. Thank you for confirming your word with signs and wonders. Thank you for bringing healing and deliverance and understanding. And thank you for giving your people, may they walk in the peace that Jesus died to give them. And Father, we look to you today as we dive into the word. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher there is. So I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, teach through me, prophesy through me, use me as a vessel for your glory. God, I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts and the minds of people as we talk about the leadership of the Spirit and more specifically, the leadership of peace. I thank you that people will get answers today that they've, never, that they've been looking for. I thank you for giving peace where there is confusion, giving faith where there is doubt, giving joy where there is sadness, giving love where there is hatred, giving prosperity where there is a need, giving healing where there is pain and sickness and disease. I thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy, and we worship you. Just go ahead and hold your hands up, half mask, and, and let's just praise the Lord. Father, we praise you. We glorify you. We worship you. We honor you this morning. We honor you this morning. Thank you, Father, for all that you have done for us. Thank you for being our very own Father. Thank you for sending your spirit to indwell us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die in our place. Thank you for raising him up for our justification. Thank you that he is at your right hand, ever living to make intercession for us. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is upon the earth and he's moving among us. I thank you. I praise you for this move of God this morning. I praise you and I honor you this morning. I praise you and I Bless your name, Father. Bless you. I bless you. I make you glad. I bring joy to you. I, 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 I delight in you, God. I praise you. Delight in us. Receive our praise and our honor. Come on, lift up your hands and begin to declare your love for Jesus and your love for the Father and your love for the Holy Spirit. We praise you. We honor you. You are the great God. You're the awesome God. You're the almighty God. We love you this morning. We love you. Thank you for joy unspeakable. Thank you for peace that is greater than a river, peace like a river, peace that flow from your throne. Thank you for righteousness, our righteousness, 
We, we are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you that, Lord, we rejoice in the fact that we're going to spend all eternity with you in heaven. We thank you, Father, that we can use technology to declare your word. Thank you for our church. Come on, thank God for your church. Thank you, Lord, for KLM. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you for answering our prayers, meeting our, fulfilling our faith. We praise you. We honor you this morning. We glorify your name. We praise you, Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We worship you with all of our hearts and souls and minds. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for those utterance as I teach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that some of you all are missing praise and worship, and, and we will have it from time to time. But in the meantime, you can learn how to praise God and worship God without music. Music is important, and we do not diminish the music ministry. But I want you to know that um, if a church is built upon music, then you, you're not being built, it's not built upon the word. And the word is the most important part of our gathering because that's where God speaks to us. He speaks to us in the the word of God. And so we, we, we are trusting God for our, our praise and worship team to bless us from time to time. And, and it just kind of makes it a little challenge thinking about online and so forth, but we'll, we'll, we'll do some stuff. But in the meantime, I want you to practice the presence of God, learning how to praise God where there is no music, you know, because you're not always going to have that, the music that you want, but Learning how to be intimate with God through prayers, praise, and worship without music is helpful. All right, that said, let's dive right into this today. I'm going to talk about chasing peace. Chasing peace. Last week, we talked about the leadership of peace, and so we're doing a part two, and we're naming it Chasing Peace. So let's go to our familiar text, Romans 8 and Proverbs 20. Let's, let's, start, let's do something different. Let's start with Proverbs 20 this morning. Proverbs 20 and 27. You should know this by heart. <laughs> um, I'm reading, I'm preaching out of the ESV this morning. It says, The Spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. The Spirit of man is the lamp or the candle or the flashlight of the Lord. God uses our spirits to lead us, to enlighten us, to give us revelation from heaven. And so God, your spirit is very important. That's the part of you that got born again. Your, your soul is been, is been saved and your body shall be saved. All right, go with me to Romans 8. Familiar passage, Romans chapter 8. Praise God. Now, if you have some testimonies, um, I know um, last week I gave some words words of knowledge. If you have those testimonies, make sure you email us or contact us so that we can share. I know people are getting jobs. We have one sister who the Lord blessed her with a good job and 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 and, and whatnot this week. And, and yeah, and God is just so faithful. Romans 8 verses 12 through 17 says this, so then brothers, we can actually say brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you by the spirit, if you if if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and of children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him if we, in order that we may be glorified with him. One translation says we suffer with him that we may also reign with him. All right, so we're talking about being led by the Spirit, the leadership of peace. So today we're talking about chasing peace. And this is all on the understanding of the inner witness. One of the ways in which the inner witness is manifested is through an inner knowing. We talked about that the first week based on 1 John 2.20. 
And last week we started on the one that deals with peace. We talked about the leadership of peace. Now today we are going to talk about chasing peace. This is a part two from the leadership of peace. So we're still dealing with the leadership of the spirit. We're still dealing with the inner witness. And the inner witness is manifested by chase the peace of God. And so I named today the chasing, chasing peace. God leads us by his peace. And when I talk about peace, I'm not talking about the absence of, of the absence of trouble, but I'm talking about the presence of God. So peace is not necessarily quietness. I know we like to look at tranquility, quietness of, of soul, quietness of mind, and that's also that's part of peace, but that's not the full definition. Shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken. The peace of God that speaks concerning in Colossians that we are complete in him. The peace, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And the peace of, the peace of God wants to, sh wants to shatter confusion in your life, wants to destroy, um, destroy anxiety, destroy depression. The peace of God is something that cannot always be explained. <clears throat> we know that we have peace with God through our faith in Jesus. We have the peace from God and the peace of God. And we dealt with that uh, a couple years ago. And if you can go on SoundCloud, you can kind of check that out. I think it's the 3D of peace. But I want to focus on chasing peace. We need to be peaceful individuals. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said, for they are called the children or the sons of God. And so I want to be a peacemaker. I don't know about you, but I want to bring peace wherever I go. I don't want to be full of drama, and I don't want to bring drama with me. I want to bring the peace of God. I want to be trouble for the enemy, but I want to bring peace to the children of God and even peace to the world through Christ. And so God leads us by his peace. When you, when you practice his peace, and that, that's the term I got today, um, well, last night, I worked last night, and I was praying in tongues concerning the service and the night before, and I was just thinking about the sermon, meditating over it, just trying to really seek the Lord to see how I would deliver it to you this morning, and I, and I got the thing of, I got the terms or the phrase, practicing his peace, practicing peace, and so we need to practice the peace of God every day of our lives. God doesn't want your souls to be troubled. Um, you may have some things that, that the world is worrying about, but we're not to worry about things. Now, that doesn't mean that we should be irresponsible. You need to do what you need to do, naturally speaking, but also, but you don't take on the care of that thing. Give that thing to the Lord and, and learning how to practice the peace of God. When you get upset with someone or individuals or even with yourself, Learn how to practice the peace of God. Invite the peace of God into your situation. Learn how to live by peace. Peace is also a spiritual fruit, the fruit of the recreated human spirit. We call it the fruit of the spirit. So peace is one of them, and we need to have peace. We need to walk in peace. Peace is something that reminds us or lets us know that God is present. Um, peace, what to do um, when you practice peace, practicing peace in the small things will help you when it comes to making big decisions. So practice peace, follow peace, chase after peace, be a chaser of peace. Whenever you need to make a decision, it can be a small decision, but practice the peace of God. Follow after peace. And again, I'm not talking about a feeling. Feelings come and go. We, we, you can be mad and still have the peace of God. Uh, um, your mind may be racing, but the peace of God will settle it. And even now, even as I'm speaking, you're sensing peace. There's the peace of God being manifested even as I'm preaching this morning. Peace is supernatural. It is a grace. It is a gift. It is a spiritual force. God is, it is the fruit, it's a fruit of the spirit. God lives, this is the way God lives, his peace. 
when we got born again, we no longer were enemies of God, but now we, are, we have peace with God, which is the greatest peace there is to have peace with God. At one time we were under his wrath, but now we're under his grace. Come on, let's give God some praise for that. We're under the grace of God. No longer are we under his wrath. God, Jesus is our propitiation. The blood of Jesus has satisfied the wrath of God, has turned the wrath of God into the favor of God. And so at one point we were under his judgment, but now we're under his favor. Glory to God. And so peace is a weapon. We talked about this last week. Peace is a weapon against the enemy's confusion. So whenever you find confusion, know that God is not in the midst of it. God is not the author of confusion. Satan is. Satan is the author of confusion, but God is the author of peace. He's referred to throughout the scriptures, the God of peace. Jesus, like I said earlier, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. We're called children of peace. And in Ephesians 2, it says he is our peace. Everybody say, Jesus is our peace. Come on, say it. Open your mouth and say, Jesus is my peace. When you're confused, chase peace. Peace will guide you into the will of God. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the leadership of the spirit. And this peace will guide you right into the will of God right into the purposes, purposes of God. You may, it may or may not make sense to your mind. Everything that God does will not make sense to your mind. Now, I'm not talking about being flaky. Sometimes people want to call is something the spirit when it's not the spirit at all. It's just their flakiness, their, 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 their thinking or guessing or um, presumption of that is God. No, God is not going to tell you to run down the street butt naked. God is not going to tell you to steal or lie. God is not in those things. God is not going to tell you not to honor him by not paying your bills and so forth. The peace of God trumps any anxiety that you may have, any stress, the peace. And so we're talking about chasing peace. Peace surpasses your understanding. Peace is how God lives. Peace is the inheritance of the believer. It is a safeguard against the enemy. Peace will exalt you into the perfect place. Peace, the peace of God. And so I'm going to give you um, some scriptures dealing with peace. We stopped last week. We, we talked a little bit about, um, we went to 1 Corinthians 14, that dealt with that God is not the author of peace. I mean, author of confusion. God's peace is the answer. It is the weapon, the weapon um, to the enemy's confusion. And we looked at Philippians 4. We'll look at Philippians 4 towards the end of this sermon. And Isaiah 26 verse 3 talks about he keeps those who, whose minds, minds are stayed on him. He keeps us in perfect peace. And we talked about maturing peace. You can grow in peace just like you can grow in love. You can grow in grace. You can grow in joy. You, you, you can grow in temperament, self-control. You can grow in kindness. You can grow in forgiveness. You can grow in, in knowledge. But grow, to grow in peace means to mature, allowing the Spirit of God to mature you. So we'll look at Philippians 4 as well as Isaiah 26. Now, go with me to John 14, John chapter 14. We, we talked a little bit about this last week, but I think it is, it's good to go back to it. John chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 27. This is the Lord speaking. Let's, let's start with verse 25, verse 25. Uh, I can't resist. <laughs> uh, let's look at verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us? Now, um, well, let's, it's just so much in it. Let's start with verse 15. John 14, verse 15. 14, verse 15. It says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So truly to love the Lord is to keep his commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, 
but it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. Now, we know the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that we know him, so, so I know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is something, it, 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 the Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Trinity, and we need to talk about the Holy Spirit a whole lot more than we have in the past. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the perfect gentleman. He is the he, he leads us and guides us. He's not spooky. He's not tongues. He's not a shout. He's not a jerk. He's not a feeling, but he is a real person. He will cause you to speak in tongues. That is one of his, his languages, is the language of tongues. And so the Holy Spirit is very real. He, he, he leads us. He guides us. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And the Bible tells us that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has indwells us, and he's upon us. And he, he leads us. He guides us. He affirms that we're children of God. The Spirit of God affirms our, our sonship in the kingdom. The Spirit of God affirms our sonship in the kingdom. And so we see here that Jesus is praying to the Father. See, we have something greater than Jesus here being here on the earth, physically speaking. We have the Holy Spirit. He says, it is expedient for me to go away, for it's better for me to go away because when I go away, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the promise of of the Father. And so every day you should look to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent. See, some of us, I know I'm speaking fast. I need to slow down. Some of us do not embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit as much as we need to. He wants to do more in us. He wants to do more through us. If you'll learn how to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, Learn how to talk to him. Learn how to rely on him. Even now, he is within you. If you're born again, he's inside of you. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking tongues, he's upon you. Because the Bible says in Acts 1.8, he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witness. The Spirit of God wants to do more in you. And we need to embrace his ministry. We need to rely on him. He's more real than your hands. He's more real than your problems. He's more real than your habits. He's more real than the world around you. The Spirit of God has been sent, and we need to embrace his presence, his ministry, and we need to rely on him. We need to trust him. He wants to lead us in the details of life. He can solve that math problem. He can solve that debt problem. He can solve that pain problem. He can solve that marriage problem. He can solve that employee problem, an employer problem. He can solve that employment problem. He can solve anything that we're facing. And if you'll learn to look to him daily, you'll begin to experience peace on a greater level. You'll begin to experience victory. You'll begin to experience the way that God designed you to experience this life. There is a path. There is a way that seems right unto men, but the end of that, that way is death, eternal damnation or eternal death or separation from God or, or, or death on your in your life. But if there is a higher way of following the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is real. He wants to lead you and guide you every single day. If you'll look to him, if just practice learning how to rely on him. If you're missing something, I, I, I do this Every day, I may be looking for my keys. You heard me say that a million times. Or I may be looking for a book or something or a paper. Or I said, Holy Spirit, you know exactly where this paper is. I'm asking you to help me. And what I do sometimes is after I pray a simple prayer like that or talk to the Holy Spirit in a simple prayer like that, a simple um, words like that, I begin to pray in tongues. Or I begin to praise God, Lord, I thank you for helping me to find this paper or helping me to find this book or this key or that or, or, or something that I'm missing. You know where this letter is. And, and I'm telling you, it's, it's without fail that 
I find that paper. I find what I'm looking for. The Spirit of God has been sent to help us. He's been sent to guide us. He's been sent to give us revelations from heaven. When I say revelations, I'm talking about insight, uh, understanding, and, and supernatural divine um, light concerning life and concerning ministry. He will lead you. He knows how to win the lost loved one that you have. He knows how to deliver someone from homosexuality. He knows how to deliver someone from cigarettes and drugs. He knows how to deliver someone from alcohol. He knows how to deliver you from attitude and pride and, and selfishness and self-centeredness and doubt and unbelief. The Holy Spirit is your helper. And, and, and the reason why, I, th none of this is in my notes, but I'm telling you, he's leading me now to tell you more about him, that if you'll rely on him, you'll walk in this peace. One way in chasing peace, one way that we chase peace is by chasing the Holy Spirit, going after the Holy Spirit, relying on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows where the cells are. The Holy Spirit knows the best mechanic. The Holy Spirit knows the best electrician. I'm telling you, recently I we had a situation at our house and we're getting some work done and the guy that started some work, he was kind of flaky and, and, and just flaked out on us. But um, in the midst of that, our dishwasher stopped working. So we had to go back to old school washing, washing stuff by hand, which is not a bad thing, but it's just why well, have a dishwasher when you can use it, right? And so we had the PACNG come out, and I contacted a friend who's an electrician to come out and look at it. He never got back to me, or we kept missing each other, I should say. And last night, I, I, I met a, a, well, a co-worker of mine. He's one of the best um, electricians around, and I talked to him, and he said, I'm willing to come and do whatever I need to do to help you out. And I'm telling you, God will lead you and guide you and direct you. He knows what you need. He know, if, if there's a big mountain of, of, of financial issues, he knows how to get the solution. I'm telling you, if you heard me say this, if you've been in this church at any amount of time, you've heard me talk about along these lines about embracing his ministry. I've heard too many people complaining about life, complaining about kids, complaining about their job, complaining about their bodies, complaining about their finances. Spirit of God will never lead you to say you can't afford it. Spirit of God says, let's believe for it. God never tells us to pay for anything. He tells us to believe for it. <laughs> Think about that. He tells us to believe for it. He says all things are possible to them that believe. And so if, you, if there's something that he's put in your heart, you know, I think sometimes we, we have twisted mindset. We think that, you know, perhaps there's a car that's over $300,000. Some people say, well, that's excess. That's excess. You know, why would God want you to believe for something like that? Listen, God, we're, we're dealing with a father whose streets are made out of gold. So for him to bless you with a nice house that might cost a million dollars, he might bless you with a car that costs over $200,000. I think people, we reduce the value of something or we think the value of it. Uh, and I'm telling you, even the value of a soul, no amount of money is, is, is worth a soul. You know, Jesus died for souls. All right, I'm going to stop talking along those lines, but I, I want you to think higher than you've been thinking. And I want you to learn how to rely on the Spirit of God for everything. He can help you in what we call the smallest thing, or he can help you with the big things. But I'm telling you, start out believing for his help with the small things so that he can lead you and guide you when it comes to the big things. You, you know, nothing starts big. Everything starts small. God will take you through steps. You know, first he'll start believing you. You know, he wants you to believe for a certain amount every week. And then maybe he'll put you to part time. And then you start believing God to make up the difference. And then he'll take you off your job. Remember, your job is not your source. God is your source. 
There, there has to be a place in our lives that we come to where we're totally dependent upon God for everything. I'm not telling you to be poor. I'm telling you to depend on God. Your job is a channel, but it is not the source. KLM, the members of KLM is a channel, but it's not the source. God is the source. I once was talking to a, a young man. He was pastoring a church, a friend of mine, or associate, I should say, and he was one of the, what he can classify as the biggest giver of his church was leaving. And so he was trying to meet with the person and trying to, because he, 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 he changed the times to, you know, the times of the church and it affected this person whether or not they could come to church. So they decided they want to go to another church. And so what he did is he was chasing after that person. He was like, yo, I'm meeting with this person, PD. I'm trying to meet with them. I'm trying to convince this person and their spouse not to leave because, you know, they're, they're, they, they give a lot. And I said, listen, listen, brother. I said, the biggest giver of your church is God. <laughs> and, and, and if a person who has been given significantly leaves your church, it, should you depend on them? We're not to depend on anyone, even yourself. Don't depend on your job. You can depend on a job. Your job. See, when you start trusting your job, your car, your house, or other people, what's going to happen is those things will fail you every time. And I, I, I often quote the scripture. It says the arm of flesh will fail you every time. You can't trust your own self. You, you can only trust yourself as much as you can throw yourself. And we know that we can't throw ourselves. You can't trust yourself. You can't trust your motives. You can't trust your own your own soul. I was about to say heart, but I'm talking about your spirit. Um, but you, you can't trust you. You got to trust God. The Bible boldly tells us to lean not to our own understanding. You can't trust your understanding. You can do all the research in the world, and it still won't be enough. You still won't have all information about the situation. Oh, I got to look at the pros and the cons. Please do that. Do your due diligence, but at the same time, you got to learn how to trust God with your heart. You got to trust Him with all of the fiber of your being to, to get you through that situation. Now, none of those things were in my notes. That's called utterance. Here we go. So, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. Say, I know the Holy Spirit. I know the Holy Spirit. Come on, say that. I know the Holy Spirit. Become more aware of the Holy Spirit. Become more aware of the Holy Spirit than you are of your own life. Learn to look to him. There was an evangelist by the name of Catherine Kuhlman, and she a lot of miracles in her services. This is back in the 60s and the 70s. And I don't know of any one person that's close to our time period had that type of ministry like Catherine Kuhlman. And she always talked about the Holy Spirit. She had a wonderful fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We need to rely on him more. Verse 18, it says, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. That's good news. This is why I despise people praying, Lord, be with us today. He's already with us. He's already with us. So you turn that into, I thank you, Lord, for being with us. Yet a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live and you will also, you also will live. And that day you will know that I'm in my father and you in me and I in you. What a communion, right? Jesus is in the father and we are in him and he's in us. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So if you love on Jesus and keep his commandments, the Father and the Son will manifest themselves to us. And it goes on, it says, Lord, how, will, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, if, you, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So if we, if we love the Lord and keep his commandments, 
Jesus and the Father will the Father will love us, and they will come to make their home, their permanent dwelling place in us. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Spirit of God will teach you all things. He will bring all things to your remembrance. Let me just say this. One of the reasons why you and I need to read the Bible every day and we need to listen to faith-filled sermons because the Lord wants to store up enough word in us that when trouble comes, which it will, that we have what it needs, what we need to stand in the midst of trouble. God never promised us a bed of roses, but he did promise to be with us in trouble. He did promise that for many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord deliver us them, deliver us from them all. He did promise to deliver us from trouble, but he never promised that the troubles won't come. Listen, you hear me talk a lot about faith, but know this, I'm not talking about having a trial-free life. No such thing. If you want a trial-free life or a problem-free life, just you just need to die <laughs> because that's the only way you're going to have a problem-free life. You're going to always have problems in this world. Trouble will always hunt you on this side of heaven. But the good news is that Jesus has overcome and he has made us overcomers. We overcome because he overcame. And so we take hold of that victory that is in Jesus. And this is the life of faith. The life of faith is overcoming one trial to the next trial to the next trial. And I'm telling you, when you have a when you can have authority over, as George Meyer says, over the basket, I'm talking about that basket, that shopping cart, then you can have um, authority over devils. If you can control your flesh, then you can control that which God has assigned for you. I'm telling you, we will have trouble, but the good news is that we can overcome. And the Spirit of God has been sent to bring all things to our remembrance. But notice the key is, if you, have, if you don't have anything in you, then there's nothing for Him to bring to your remembrance. So you're going to have to put the Word of God inside of your heart. David said it like this, I have hid your word in my heart that I will not sin against you. In other words, I stored up the word in my heart. How many of you all have stored up the word in your heart? I'm not just talking about what you've learned when you were a kid or five years ago, even a month ago. What, what about now? That's why it's important that you read the Bible every day because you're storing up the word in your heart. And in the time of trouble, the Spirit of God will bring to your remembrance the word that you need. And that's how you get peace. Chasing after peace is chasing after the Holy Spirit, chasing after the word, storing up the word, because there are times that all hell will break loose in your life. And you need the word of God in your heart so the Holy Spirit can remind you of the word. Last night I was listening to some more healing scriptures. I listened all the way home. I mean, all the way to work last night. I was listening to healing scriptures. Nothing going on in my body just because I just need to remind myself that Christ is the healer. Now, there's two major areas that the enemy will always attack the body of Christ in. One is health. And the other, the other one is finances. And we need to stand on the word. We need to believe God every day in those areas. And, and store up that word. Get that word in your heart in abundance. The Spirit of God will bring to your remembrance. He'll teach you. Give, when you get the word of God in you, you give the Holy Spirit something to work with. You give him substance. And the, the problem is that some Christians don't have anything in them for the Holy Spirit to work with. They need prophecies. They need a vision. They need to hear audible voice. But if you, when you have the word, the word is the best way 
in which God communicates with us. And you get that word in you, he'll start reminding. When you need direction, he'll speak, he'll illuminate that word that's in your heart. Get the word of God in you. Get the word. That's how you chase after peace. Get the word of God in you. Let's go on to the next one. 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So there are times that your hearts, our hearts will be tempted to be troubled. We'll be tempted to be afraid because of life, the pandemic. They're talking about a second wave coming. Some people are concerned whether or not President Trump will become the next president for the next four years. I'm going to tell you something, and, 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 and you can take this either way you want to. And I know people who leave churches because the pastor is, is political. I'm not a political individual, right? <laughs> but I, I'm going to tell you this. If President Trump becomes the next, if he reigns, if I can say that, the next four years, it's okay. If the other, if somebody else and Kanye West becomes the president the next four years, it's going to be okay. My faith is not in a president. And, and just because, listen, when President Obama was in office, it wasn't the, the everything wasn't perfect. And, and I don't expect it to be perfect in the next four years or the next 18 years or the next 100 years. It, in one sense, it really doesn't matter who's in office. Now, that doesn't mean a blanket don't go vote. Educate yourself and vote based on your conscience and based on your the leading of the Lord. But it, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, Facebook, everybody's all hyper and upset about who's going to be who's going to be the president next four years. I'm, I'm relaxing in the fact that God is in control and that God is going to put whoever is in office that he sees fit and that I'm going to rely on that. I'm not moved by any of those things. Those things don't move me. My faith is my life. And whether or not it's, it's President Trump or Kanye West or whoever, I'm relying on God and I'm going to pray for whoever's in office. I'm not moved by those things because those things are important, but they're not my life. My job is not my identity. My blackness is not my identity. My financial status is not my identity. Christ is my identity. My, my job here at the kingdom, <laughs> if I could say that, and my job as uh, my, my work as a pastor is not my identity because I'm not going to be pastoring forever. I'm not going to be a minister forever. First and foremost, I'm a child of God and I'm just enjoying that trip. I'm enjoying that identity and that's my identity. My identity is not based on what I do or what I don't do. It's based on who I know who has adopted me and his family. And so this peace that we're talking about, he says, peace I leave with you. Uh, my peace I give to you. And we need to chase that peace. That peace that we, we can call it Jesus peace. Chase Jesus peace. Chase the peace that he's given us. He stored up peace. Now that peace is not automatically, but you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to get in that word. If you want to keep your mind, if you want that perfect peace, you got to keep your mind stayed on the Lord. And how do you stay? How do you keep your mind stayed on the Lord? You don't just say, oh, I'm just thinking about Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's what some people think about when they think about thinking about the Lord. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, I think about Jesus, 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 Jesus. That is not what the Lord meant in Isaiah 26, 3. All right. Uh, my time is slipping away. Let's look at this real quick. Let's look at this. Let's look at Philippians 4. We're back at Philippians 4. I, I, I'm trusting that this is helping someone. I'm trusting that this is helping someone. Peace. Before we go to Philippians, go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. It says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ. So this, that same peace that he said in John 14, peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. That peace. Take hold of that peace. 
allow the peace of Christ. Next part, it says, ruling your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body and being thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let that be the umpire of your life. Let peace, the peace of Christ, direct your life. Allow that to be your compass in life. If it's not peace, and I'm talking about the peace of Christ, then don't follow it. Let this peace rule your heart in your mind, let it guide you into all of the will of God. Let that peace guide you into the provision that is in Christ. Let that peace guide you into the freedom. See, if you're if someone's arguing with you, allow peace to overtake you. And I'm telling you, you'll, you'll take the power from them to control you. A soft word turns away wrath. And so when they're saying they hate you and they cussing you out, just sit back and allow the peace of God to overshadow you. And you may have to walk away, but don't allow that to affect you. Don't react, but respond. The peace. And then, of course, the next was let the word of Christ. So now it's the peace of Christ. Christ, but let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So notice it goes hand in hand, the word and the peace. Now, my last scripture for today, Philippians 4. I had a lot more, but I, I'm endeavoring to follow that which is on the inside of me, the spirit of God. Philippians chapter 4, and let's look at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If a loved one dies before you die, let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. Allow it to surpass your understanding. We know if you can't function without a spouse or without a child or without a parent or without a dog or any, you know, um, a loved one, then you've placed your love, you place them above the Lord. You should be able to live regardless if everybody in your life walks out tomorrow. If everybody in your life walks out tomorrow, know that you're still able to live. The peace of God. It's if everybody around you dies, know that you still have the peace of God. And you got you to gotta put the Lord in his proper place in your life. You should not be so dependent on individuals or a job or a situation that you can't live without it. Did you hear me? You, can't, you cannot get, because you're giving them a place or giving them those things a place in which the Lord wants, needs to have that place. And the scripture tells us, and the peace of God which surpasses all your understanding. There's things you won't understand, but the peace of God will overshadow you. If a loved one dies, you, you may not understand it, but you still have peace. If you lose your job tomorrow, you still have peace. If you lose your house tomorrow, you lose your car. I know somebody like, I'm buying that in Jesus' name. I understand that. But what I'm saying to you is that cannot define your relationship with God. If the only way that you have a relationship with God is when everything is going well, you have no relationship. It's just like with other people. The only time that you really enjoy a person is when they say everything that you want them to say and do everything they want you to do. Then you really don't have a relationship. You just have someone you're controlling. I'm telling you, there's some people who are just flaky like that. As long as you say everything that they want to hear and do everything that you want, they want you to do, you're good. But the moment you cross that is the moment that um, is on rocky ground. Then that, that's not really a real relationship. Likewise with the Lord. When things are going well, you still love the Lord. And when things are not going well, you still love the Lord. It has to be like that. All right. And my last point is eight through nine. And finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is 
pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So he just told us to, the peace of God, so which surpasses all understanding, comes through prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, not worrying. That's how you receive the peace of God. Then he turns around and tells you, okay, how to maintain that peace. Just because you receive it doesn't mean that you, you, you're able to keep it. So you obtain or walk in that peace by thinking about those things. And that's how you think about the Lord. You think because he's noble, he's, he's honorable. He, it's, it's, it's talking about thinking about the word, thinking about passages of scriptures. That's how you walk in the peace of God. So it's not just if whoever keeps their mind stayed on you, you keep them in perfect peace. You're like, oh, Lord, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're thinking about the Lord. Think about the scriptures, thinking about the name of Jesus, thinking about the Holy Spirit. It's, that's how you think about the Lord. And then it goes on and says this, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. So we need to put into practice what we know to be true and the God of peace will be with us forever. I'm going to stop there. I had a whole lot more dealing with the peace, but I pray that you, are, you will chase peace like never before. And we'll continue about teaching about the inner witness. You chase after peace. So make it a point to chase after peace. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity, for your word. May we be chasers of peace. May we walk by peace. May we walk after peace. May we seek peace. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.